Hello, hello. Welcome to the first episode of No Life Skills. I'm Ashlyn, and I guess I'm your podcast host now. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's expressed support and excitement over this podcast. This is something that I've wanted to do for a few years now, and so 2020 sucked, so hopefully this podcast makes 2021 a little better, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Every single episode um, on Wednesdays on SoundCloud and maybe YouTube for free for everyone to listen. I had some technical difficulties uh, with the video component a couple days ago, so uh, that's why this first episode is audio only. I'm currently recording this in my walk-in closet because Google told me that would uh, be the best for my sound quality. And I've now done this intro about 15 times, so I'm just going to roll with it. Now, a word from our sponsor. So surprise, this podcast is sponsored by me. Uh, how you can support me, uh, you can subscribe to my free OnlyFans. That is moreashlyn.com. Follow me on Twitter at AdoreAshlyn. Uh, you can follow the podcast Twitter at no Life Skill with no S. And yeah, thank you for all your support. I really appreciate it. And to begin, I just want to say a few quick things about the name No Life Skills because I had a few messages from other women who were a little confused. And so if you're confused, just listen up. Um, so I'd like to thank my brother for coming up with this lovely name for this podcast and basically how I've been branding myself for six months. Uh, if you guys don't already know, my brother outed me to my family back in the summertime. His exact words were, one day your pussy's going to be old and dry and it'll just be a prostitute with no life skills. And, you know, I thought, what a beautiful brand. I could not have come up with anything better. So I just ran with it. So if I get sued, well, we'll see how long this podcast lasts. I do think escorts have a lot of life skills. I think sex workers in general have many life skills. This name is to be sarcastic to grab attention because I certainly have life skills and I know anybody who's listening has life skills. Okay, now let's just get into the episode. So earlier in the week... I ran some Twitter polls to see what you guys wanted me to speak about. The polls were uh, slightly inconclusive. I ran some on Twitter and I ran a poll on my OnlyFans. The options were how I got into the business, uh, my story about stranding some guy at the airport when I was 18, or uh, my experience in sex work during a global pandemic. So all of these topics I will probably cover at some point. Well, I know I will, but I think it only makes sense today since I'm doing this solo that I take you back and we go back to when Ashlyn was born and how I got into this business. All right, so to understand, to understand how this all started, how the hell did I end up here? I've been escorting now for six years. I started basically right when I turned 18, so I'm 24 now. It'll be six years next month in February. So happy birthday to Ashlyn, how sweet. You know, I didn't know if I would be here six years later, but I'm glad that I am. And so to understand, yeah, how this all happened. I will take you back, back to when I was a teenager. Long story short, I graduated high school when I was 15. Uh, I went to university for the first time when I was 15. I went for one semester, turned 16, and then decided I was going to wait until everyone else was like the same age to go back. So during that time when I was basically 16 and then almost 18, I worked like two full-time jobs. This, this is relevant, I promise. So one of the jobs I worked full-time, uh, I was a bakery supervisor. 
loved that job. It was awesome. I, yeah, I worked there full time for like two, two and a half years, I think. When I went back to university when I was 17, I transitioned from full time to part time. And in that job, I always worked very closely with the bakery manager. So basically what happened, I was 17, went from full time to part time at this job. My manager was like so sad that I wasn't there working with him all the time. It was a little weird because I was only working on weekends. One day he like told me he was in love with me. And this man who's married and uh, like in his 40s and I'm 17 at the time. So what ended up happening is I lost that job and I loved this job and that was the only job that I had uh, kept. So after I lost this job, I didn't have one. And I think this is really important because I don't know if I would have gotten into sex work if I had kept this job. I'm not, you know, I can't say for sure, but I think my life would have been a lot different. And this is something that had a big impact on me, like moving forward. So yeah, had no job. Uh, I was in university that same semester. I turned 18 and shortly after I moved out of my parents' house. So I still had no job. I was living by myself. I started looking into like how to make money online. I think I read a book, like a fictional book about sex work and I found it really interesting. I thought, oh, I'm going to do some research and look more into this. So I got this book called The Internet Escort Handbook and I read it and I don't even know how old this book is now, so I, I don't know if I recommend it. Yeah, I read it and I was thinking about like trying to go on seeking arrangements, which I did end up doing first before I escorted. So yeah, I remember I basically had just turned 18. I was on seeking arrangements. Uh, all I had no idea what I was doing, like no fucking clue. Who, who even knows when, what they're doing when they're 18? God, not me. Yeah, so I'm on seeking arrangements. I'm speaking to all these predatory men, honestly. They are very predatory. I just remember from that time, all of these guys, they weren't looking for a pro. Uh, they wanted they wanted me to come spend the night for like 300 bucks. Uh, a lot of them talked to me to ask me if I was on birth control because they didn't want to use protection. And this wasn't just one or two guys. This was like many, many, many guys. So I ended up meeting up with one guy. And I remember he told me that he was going to buy me a purse from Holt Renfrew. And because I... Uh, I've always liked the finer things in life. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm just going to meet up with this guy for lunch and he's going to buy me a purse. So we like go downtown and we look around and I meet this, I guess this guy got, he, I think he had no teeth or he had like really fucked up teeth. It looked like he had been doing meth. Uh, yeah, we meet up, we look around for the purses, we go have lunch he doesn't buy me a purse because he expected me to go sleep with him and then get the purse, even though that wasn't really clear in the first place. So I think after I met this guy, I was absolutely traumatized. I remember after that, I was talking to some other guy and he wanted me to like come spend the night with him in a hotel. So I was so nervous. I was like shitting my pants. So this guy's waiting for me at this hotel and I drive there and I park and I'm like on the phone with my friend and I'm like, I don't know, I have a bad feeling about this. Like this guy didn't even tell me how much money he was going to give me, if he was going to give me anything. Uh, yeah, I was just super scared. So I ended up not going through with it. And then let's see. So after I got scared off of seeking arrangements because these men were predatory and creepy and all wanted to raw dog, I posted one ad on Leo List. And I just remember my, I used my real phone number 
because I didn't know any better. I didn't know what a text app was. My phone blew up and this was in, yeah, 2015. So this was when things, back in the good old days when things were still really good. Like you post, or no, I didn't post on Leo List, sorry. I posted on Backpage when that was still around. So I post this ad on Backpage. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I can't even remember what the ad said. My phone's blowing up. All these guys. I was like, oh my God. And at the time, <laughs> I was living in this Indian man's basement. Like I had this basement suite, but it was a shared kitchen. Um, and I had a, a twin bed because my room was so small. I couldn't fit a bigger one in there. And so I'm like, where am I going to see these guys? Like, what the hell? So anyways, my phone blows up. I, I didn't even know what to do. Some guy ended up texting me, said that he wanted to see me for an overnight. He said he was going to give me $2,000 and he was going to take me to dinner or whatever. And he like sent me some pictures of him and I don't know. I was like, oh, okay, maybe he's serious. So I didn't end up seeing anybody uh, before that. So I ended up meeting this guy like a week later. And yeah, he told me he was going to give me $2,000 to spend the night with him. We were going to go out for dinner, whatever. So I meet this guy downtown and yeah, hands me the money. I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, this is the most money I've ever had in my hand at once. Uh, we go to Ruth's Chris for dinner and meanwhile, remember that I'm like fresh 18 at this point and this man is probably mid 30s. So we have a nice dinner, whatever. It's fine. Uh, outside, he like kisses me. I was like, what the hell? Whatever. Just move on. Keep keep going on with the evening. <laughs> I think, yeah, we go to the hotel or we get a hotel and I can't even really remember what happened. I think it was just kind of awkward. Pretty sure I took like a sleeping pill so I could drug myself because I was so nervous and so scared. And then the morning, yeah, I remember we had breakfast. And I'm like, all right. 2000 bucks, easy, easy enough. And I remember he took me to the keg one night for dinner. And email at this time, I'm in university, right? And so my minor is women and gender studies. And so we were talking about that. And he tells me that he doesn't believe in feminism. Basically, he tells me he doesn't think women should have rights. And I just kept my mouth shut. I was like, mm, that's interesting. And then this guy was like going on and on. He's like, oh, Maybe one day we're going to have to lie to our families about how we met. So I, I guess he was really into me. But after he told me that women shouldn't have rights. Um, yeah, it's going to be a no from me, sir. I don't know what his deal was, but I think he thought that he was going to be my sugar daddy and he was going to pay me $1,000 a month. So basically what happened was we had plans for him to like come to my place or something. And at that point, I had posted one more ad on Backpage, but I hadn't seen any other clients. I was too scared. I didn't know what I was doing. And I guess that guy saw the ad. So I thought this guy was going to come over and give me money, give me like a thousand dollars per month, per month. So I text him. I'm like, are you coming? He's like, I don't know. He like sent me a picture of the ad and he was mad about it or something. Looking back, why somebody thought that they were going to have exclusive access to me for a thousand dollars a month is uh, ludicrous and horrifying. Who can even? That's not even my my rent. Who's living off a thousand dollars a month? And you expect me to not see anybody else? Like, anyways. So that happened. That was the first guy I ever saw. And then, so yeah, like I said, I was reading this book, The Internet Escorts Handbook. It talked about like building a brand, building a website, getting pictures done. So I spent like a lot of money, like probably 800 bucks to get these pictures done by this photographer I loved. 
Um, they turned out really well, but I don't spend that much on my pictures anymore. And I made a website, picked a name, all this stuff, made a Twitter, you know, whatever. And then I was looking on Backpage for adult jobs. And that's how I stumbled across an ad for one of the studios that was hiring in Edmonton. So I texted the number. I was like, hi, I'm looking for a job. And the person on the other end was like, okay, send me a picture. Just like a normal picture, a normal selfie. And so I sent her one. She's like, oh, you'll do good. And I was like, oh, okay. So we set up an interview. This place ended up being like 10 minutes from my house. I was so nervous. You know what I got? You know what I did? I brought my resume to the rub and tug. My resume. Rub and tugs don't want your resume. I promise. Okay. Like, holy Jesus Christ. What was I thinking? Yeah. So I go meet the owner and I meet some of the other girls that work there. I was so nervous. Uh, the owner had one of the other girls take me into one of the rooms and like explain how everything works. I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll, I'm in. So when you start working at a rub and tug in Edmonton, like a body rub studio, you need to go get a police clearance and you need to go do a three hour course put on by the city of Edmonton and then you get your license. So I went and did that. I got my license. Uh, yeah, a little bit awkward, but uh, yeah, I don't know. The course was informational, I guess. Good, good enough. Like they're putting it on to so sex workers know that they have resources in Edmonton if they need help. And then I just remember my first night, I think it was a Wednesday, and like I was so nervous. Like, so I go to work. I, I wasn't supposed to start that day and some girl ended up not showing up. So my boss was like, okay, you got your license now. You want to come to work tonight? And I was like, okay. So I go and I think I was like fully booked the whole night because the guys watch for the new girls and they all want to try out the new girl. So yeah, thanks guys. So I remember my first client at the rub and tug. I was so nervous. I was shitting bricks. I was talking to the other girls in the staff room and I was like, what do I even do? And they're like, well, put him in the shower, give him a massage, you know, you'll be fine. And so I go into the room. This guy comes to see me, put him in the shower, take his money. And then I go back to the staff room for a few minutes. And yeah, I'm shitting my pants. I'm so nervous. Eventually I go back in there with him and I told him, I was like, I'm sorry. It's my first time. I'm so nervous. And this guy looks at me and he goes, oh, are you a virgin? Like, what the hell? You think I'm coming to the rub and tug to lose my virginity to you? You old fat man. Like, no offense, but my God. So yeah, this guy thought I was a virgin. <laughs> I think he paid for an hour and he was gone in like half an hour or something. I was like, wow, this is easy money. And I think by the end of the night, I'd seen like four or five people in one evening, which like for one shift at the rub and tug, like that's, that's busy. And for someone who's never done that before, that's a uh, really good. And I just remember I had all this money in my wallet and I was like, oh my God. And I took a picture of it to save forever. And I still have that picture of the money that I made that first night at the rub and tug. Yeah. And then after that, I worked it there for a couple of years on and off and eventually transitioned into just being independent. I went back to a different studio for a few months just because I needed like human interaction with people that weren't clients for a little bit. So just something to do. And that only lasted a few months and yeah, now, now I just work independent. I've been doing OnlyFans and yeah, it's been good. So yeah, basically how I got into the business, I read a book and figured I would try it. So there you go. It's not that deep. <laughs> and here I am six years later, still, still kicking. 
All right, well, that story didn't take very long, so I will elaborate more on the guy that I stranded at the airport <laughs> when we were supposed to go on a trip together. Oh, man. So I met this guy at the rub and tug, and I was so young still. I think I was 18 when I met him still. So I hadn't even been working for very long. I think... Yeah, I must have still been 18. So it must have been, yeah, very, very soon after I started. I met him. I know this guy worked out of town in Fort McMurray or something. So he would come into Edmonton on his week off every month and he would see me one time for an hour. And he would see me for the early morning special, which was $200 for an hour. So cheap. So anyways, this guy, I remember him talking to me about he wanted to go on a vacation the summer earlier or the summer that year or the summer prior, um, I had been to Mexico by myself. Like I went to an all-inclusive and it was awesome. I made friends. I did whatever I wanted because I didn't have anyone else to go with me. So I was like, you know, just go by myself. So I was trying to encourage this guy to go to Mexico himself because it's not that scary. Everyone's Canadian. Basically, when you go there, like you make friends, it's not a big deal. It's fun. Then I don't know how it's how it all started but this guy basically says he wants to take me to Mexico and I'm like okay so I had reading week coming up because I was in university I'm pretty sure I was taking five classes so I had a shitload of stuff to do and I wasn't like this was all very last minute Um, I wasn't planning on going anywhere over that week because I had projects due I told this guy that I could go for like five days because I ended up I had like like eight days, nine days off total or something for reading week. So what does this guy do? He books the vacation for both of us for like eight days. Like I had no days to myself in Edmonton. Like I would just would have been in Mexico the whole, the whole reading week. So I'm a little annoyed at that because I have a lot of stuff to do, but you know, whatever, fine. This man tells me that he booked this vacation with his points. So it was free for him free so he did not pay for the flights I think he might have paid for some of the hotel but the flights free and me being 18 and not knowing anything I didn't think to tell him that maybe I needed to be compensated to go spend time with him for a week in a foreign country with somebody I've met a handful of times for an hour you know but no no no. that that would just be much too simple why would I do that when I could just make things awkward at the airport So this was also around the time that I had my birthday. So I guess I must have just turned 19. So I remember this guy picks me up. It's reading week. (laughs) I don't know. I keep saying that, but picks me up from my house because we're going to go to the airport together. And when he picks me up, he's like, oh, I have something to tell you. I booked all these excursions and made all these dinner reservations. And I was like, oh, my God, because I knew in that moment I was not going to have a second alone from this man. I just knew that he was going to be on my case the whole time. Like he had stuff booked every single day, which is like nice. And I appreciate that kind of planning from a man. But I also had a lot of homework to get done that I was hoping to be able to do. And he only booked one room. So we were going to be sharing a room. So I'm also, you know, having a panic inside about how I'm going to poop for a whole week sharing a room with this man that I don't know because uh, trust me that's important I'm like oh my god I'm not going to shit for a whole week what am I going to do this is horrible I'm not going to be able to sleep 
I'm going to have to go buy sleeping pills from the cartel somehow or like, you know, like I'm just losing it. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to fail my classes because I have all these projects. This guy's not going to leave me alone. This is too much. Oh, my God. So I'm like freaking out. So anyways, I'm freaking out internally. And so we go to the airport and I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. And the other thing that's going through my mind is I didn't tell my family that I was going anywhere. My family at this point had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so I knew that like my phone was going to be a problem, like getting a hold of me in Mexico was going to be an issue. And I used to talk to my mom every day. And so I was like freaking out because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to tell my parents that I'm in Mexico and what are they going to think? So I'm basically freaking out inside, but all, all this shit. So, yeah, we check in, we give them our luggage, whatever. We're, we've got our boarding passes and then we go sit in one of the lounges because he's like a frequent flyer, whatever the hell. And so I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I just can't do it. I'm like, this is this is a mistake. I'm not going to poop for a week. I'm not going to be able to do my homework. I'm going to fail this semester. And so I tell him, I'm like, I just can't do this. And I was like texting a friend. I'm like, can you pick me up? And meanwhile, it's like five or six in the morning. So it, it, she's early, very early. And this guy's like, what do you mean you can't do this? I'm like, I just can't. I'm just really uncomfortable. Uh, like you're not offering to pay me. Uh, what else did I say? I can't even remember, but oh, I just. I think I, I might have started to cry. This guy was crying. He's like, how could you do this to me? I know I was trying to stay calm. I was like, just go by yourself. You'll have a good time. Like, don't worry. He's like, how could I go by myself? I wanted to go with you. How could you do this to me? The people in the airport lounge are like looking at us. I'm just like, oh my God. I told him, I'm like, okay, my friend's picking me up. I can't do this. I have to go. I have to go. And so this guy ends up going by himself. Thank the lucky heavens. And so I had just barely been able to get my luggage back or else the, my luggage would have been on the way to Mexico. It was like minutes because I go and I talk to the staff or whatever and they pull my luggage from the plane. Thank God. And I get out of there. This guy ends up going by himself and he messages me when he comes back and he's like, oh, man, you were so right. OK, I'm sorry for freaking out. I had such a nice time. Like yeah sorry uh maybe we can maybe we can hang out again now that I'm back and so I was so uncomfortable and I think I was talking to another girl in the industry and she's like set a boundary tell this guy you know he needs to remember where you met so basically I told this guy I'm like well I'm glad you had a good time by yourself but you know we met in the studio and I need to be compensated for any time that I spend with you and then this guy loses it. He's like, how could you say that to me? Meeting you was the worst mistake of my life. And I think I just ended up blocking him. So, yeah. Basically, this guy, who I had probably met less than six times, wanted to take me to Mexico. Didn't want to pay me. He didn't even basically pay for the trip. And then, yeah, because I didn't want to hang out with him for free after he told me meeting me was the worst mistake of his life. And that is how I stranded this man at the airport. Yeah, when I was like 18, 19. Yeah, that was a doozy. And then I don't think I ever heard from him again because I had him blocked on everything. So I, I don't know if he still follows me at all. But 
yeah oops so my advice for people for other sex workers who get invited to go on trips don't do what i did make sure you tell that motherfucker that he needs to pay you because i know that week that i would have been in mexico i ended up going out of town to red deer and like making a whole bunch of money with one of my girlfriends it was great like how can these people expect to take us on trips and and not compensate us and like just think that we're going to be with them the whole time and no alone time and oh it's just i would rather run into traffic honestly i truly would then I, I don't even know if i would go on a trip at this point with a client i've heard so many bad stories from other girls like i've i have not heard one single good story that has come from somebody who's been on a trip with a client like i would i would have to like really like somebody and even then like I don't even want to hang out when I had a boyfriend with him for a whole week in Mexico. <laughs> like, you know, I just, I like to do things by myself. So, oh man. Yeah. Oh, to be young again, young and naive. Hmm. Uh, and the worst part is this guy didn't even pay for the trip himself and he still didn't want to pay me. I just, oh man, this is the kind of stuff that will keep me up at night. All right. Well, thank you if you made it this far. I think that's all I have to say. This first episode is going to be quite a bit shorter than episodes that I will do in the future, I think, just because I'm solo today. So if you're interested in being a guest on my podcast, doesn't matter where you are, we can do like a Zoom call thing. I know there's software for that. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get to know more women in the industry. Even if you're you know, a client of mine that I know personally, I, I'm open to having client's perspective on here as well i think next week my mom shannon sweet will be joining us you know she seems to, she's kind of like a podcast celebrity now she does a lot of podcasts so make sure you check out her podcast she was on uh uncle hacks podcast danger cats or something so it's on her twitter you can look that up and again if you want to follow me my only fans is free to subscribe that's more ashlyn.com you can also follow me on twitter at adore ashlyn and the podcast twitter is at no life skill questions of the week segment so if anybody has any questions uh you know looking for advice business advice anything feel free to ask just contact me directly and yeah i will address it in the next episode and again just thank you everybody for your support and i hope this isn't as cringy as i think it's gonna be so yeah thank you so much for listening if you made it this far and have a great day see you next time bye